Hello, and welcome to the PCICS podcast. My name is Elizabeth Price, PA at Stanford Children's Hospital, where I care for children in the cardiovascular intensive care unit as an advanced practice provider. Over the next three episodes, we are going to discuss pediatric cardiac ECMO. On today's episode, we will cover the global indications for ECMO and the process of ECMO cannulation. In the second episode, we will provide an overview of the ECMO circuit and clinical management strategies. Finally, in the third episode, we will discuss decannulation, potential complications associated with ECMO, and outcomes data. I'm joined by... Hi, my name is Kate Ryan. I'm the Associate Medical Director of the CVICU at Lucille Packard Children's Hospital at Stanford, and I'm the Director for Cardiac ECMO. Hi, I'm Ozzy Jahadi, pediatric perfusionist at Lucille Packard Children's Hospital at Stanford and the ECMO program coordinator and educator. Hello everyone, my name is Alan Shu, and I'm one of the RN ECMO specialists. I'm also the pediatric ventricular assist device educator and one of the CVICU educators here at Stanford Children's Health. This episode is primarily directed towards those who have some exposure to ECMO, but not extensive experience, and are interested in learning more, such as residents, fellows, nurses, or APPs who are newer to the ICU environment. As a starting point for our conversation, we are going to begin with a typical pediatric cardiac ECMO case. Our patient is a three-year-old female who was admitted a few days ago with acute viral myocarditis. Over the past six hours, she has become progressively more tachycardic with heart rates in the 170s, and on telemetry, she is having short bursts of non-sustained ventricular tachycardia. On exam, she is very irritable, peripherally vasoconstricted, and has cool, mottled skin. Conversations are ongoing amongst members of the medical and surgical teams regarding elective ECMO cannulation. Dr. Ryan, can you describe what exactly is ECMO? Extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, or ECMO, refers to a mechanical pump and membrane that has the capacity to perform the work of the heart and the lungs, respectively, on a temporary basis. ECMO in and of itself is not a solution, but rather acts as a life-sustaining bridge while awaiting organ recovery, other interventions such as cardiac catheterization, or more long-term support options such as a ventricular cyst device or transplant. Broadly speaking, there are two kinds of ECMO, venoarterial, or VA ECMO, or venovenous, or VV ECMO. VA ECMO performs the work of the heart and the lungs and can be utilized in patients with either cardiac and or respiratory failure, such as patients with cardiogenic shock or patients with cardiac failure following cardiac surgery. VV ECMO performs the work of the lungs only and does not directly support cardiac function. This type of ECMO is used for patients with respiratory failure for a variety of indications, including acute decompensation from infection, as well as those with more chronic failure, such as a patient with cystic fibrosis awaiting a lung transplant. For the sake of this podcast series, we're going to be focusing primarily on VA ECMO. Dr. Ryan, can you explain which patients are candidates for ECMO and what are the indications to place someone on ECMO? Sure, Liz. 
ECMO is typically indicated for patients with severe cardiac and or respiratory failure with a high risk of imminent death. It's important to remember that ECMO in and of itself does not cure disease, and as such, its use is best suited for reversible conditions. Other extreme circumstances, such as CPR, uh, ECMO is used as an adjunct to support the patient while the underlying uh, pathology is investigated. ECMO can also be used as a bridge to heart transplant or ventricular assist device in certain cases. Now, there are some patients that may not be considered candidates for ECMO, and in general, it's best to make this assessment as early as possible. As the field of ECMO has moved forward, the boundaries of what diagnoses or conditions define a contraindication to ECMO has continued to evolve. For instance, oncology patients were once considered an absolute contraindication for ECMO support, but this is no longer the case. Other considerations that may preclude cannulation include a lack of cannulation sites due to vessel occlusion uh, or, for instance, significant neurologic injury. Returning to our ECMO case, our patient has evidence of cardiogenic shock and is at high risk of imminent cardiac arrest. A decision is made to cannulate our myocarditis patient onto VA ECMO given the potential for recovery. A multidisciplinary team is required to place a patient onto ECMO. This team typically includes a surgeon who will place the ECMO cannulas, a perfusionist who prepares and manages the ECMO circuit, ICU physician who is responsible for managing the patient, and a bedside nurse who administers medications and provides ICU nursing care. Ozzy, uh, who has been a perfusionist at Stanford Children's Hospital for 20 years, and is the ECMO program coordinator and ECMO clinical educator. Can you start by providing a brief overview of what is happening when a patient is connected to an ECMO circuit? Yes, as Dr. Ryan described, the cardiac ECMO or VA ECMO circuit assumes the work of the heart and lungs. This is accomplished by draining blood from the venous circulation of the patient through a venous cannula via a pump, which is either a roller head or a centrifugal pump that moves the blood forward through an artificial lung called oxygenator. This is where the gas exchange happens. After blood has been undergone gas exchange, then it is returned to the arterial circulation through the arterial cannula. We've attached a diagram of a typical ECMO circuit to the show notes, which we recommend that you refer to as you listen to this episode. Ozzy, when you're first informed of a potential ECMO patient, what information is helpful for you to know? As Kate mentioned earlier, it is always helpful to identify the ECMO candidates in the ICU ahead of time and know the availability of the vessels for cannulation. The cardiac patients in particular may not have the standard sites like the internal jugular veins, carotids, or major femoral vessels open. Once the decision to cannulate onto ECMO is made, the next step will include determining where the cannulas will be placed and the type of the ECMO circuit. Ozzy, what factors into a surgeon's decision to place an ECMO cannula in a particular position? If a pediatric patient is being placed onto ECMO immediately following a cardiac surgery, the venous cannula that we use to drain the blood from the patient is routinely placed in the right atrium, and the arterial cannula that returns the blood to the patient is placed in the aorta. These cannulas will exit the body of the patient through a surgically open sternum. In case of our myocarditis patient, a typical approach would be to perform a neck cannulation. 
blood would be drained from the patient's body via an ECMO cannula position in the right internal jugular vein. After passing through the oxygenator, blood would be returning to the patient through a cannula that is placed in the right common carotid artery. If a patient has a weight of greater than 20 kilo, their size may be sufficient to utilize the femoral vessel as a site to place cannulas. However, in our smaller patient population, the femoral vessels are often too small to place a cannula in. Smaller cannula will also be under higher pressure, which makes it harder to flow and may not be able to drain as much as it's, which has ramifications for the patient and the ECMO circuit. So once we've decided where to place the ECMO cannulas, what determines which type of ECMO circuit that you use? At our institution, we typically use two types of circuits, which are defined by the type of pump support, the roller head pump and the centrifugal pump. Both pumps have advantages in terms of biocompatibility and the rate of complications. Like roller pumps, can cause high positive pressure, which can lead to tubing rupture and disruption of connection. Roller pumps can also induce high negative pressure that can cause endothelial damage to the cannulated vein. Now, on the other hand, the centrifugal pumps work by magnetically spinning or levitating a rotor to generate blood flow. These pumps may induce shear stress and turbulence to the blood cell causing hemolysis and thromboembolic complications. As a result, at our institution, we're currently using the roller pump for the patients that are less than 10 kilo, and we choose our centrifugal pumps for patients that are greater than 10 kilo. Returning to our case, our three-year-old myocarditis patient weighs 12 kilograms. Given her size, we are planning to place ECMO cannulas in her neck and provide ECMO support using a centrifugal ECMO pump. We're joined by Alan. Alan, what preparation needs to be done to an ECMO circuit before it can be connected to a patient? It's a great question, Liz. All ECMO circuits must be prepared and calibrated in accordance with specialized protocols before they're ever connected to a patient. First, the plastic tubing that is going to transport the patient's blood through the circuit needs to be completely filled with fluid. Generally speaking, pediatric ECMO circuits are primed with packed red blood cells and fresh frozen plasma obtained from the blood bank. When you consider that a patient's blood is going to mix with the blood product in the circuit very quickly, we want to do everything possible to minimize rapid shifts in osmolarity, pH, and electrolytes to reduce the risk of brain injury that could be related to hypernatremia, shifts in osmolarity, or even arrhythmias secondary to electrolyte shifts. Dr. Ryan, when you are managing a patient that is about to be cannulated onto ECMO, such as in our myocarditis case, what are your clinical priorities? A patient that's being cannulated onto ECMO is, uh, by definition, clinically unstable and at high risk of cardiac arrest. It's important to be as prepared as possible for any contingency and to recognize that the anesthetic exposure alone and the surgical procedure associated with ECMO cannulation may represent physiologic stressors that can independently trigger a circulatory collapse. So recognizing that, all of the medications that we anticipate we will need, such as sedatives, analgesics, and resuscitation medications will be drawn up in advance. In the case of this myocarditis patient, the timing of intubation is also critical, as the physiologic stress of the procedure may cause cardiac arrest in this extremely marginal patient. 
An expected sequence of events for an elective ECMO cannulation of a pediatric myocarditis patient might include, again, knowing what sedative medications can lead to hemodynamic instability and the possibility that the patient will require boluses of epinephrine and or continuous infusions of epinephrine and dopamine to support blood pressure. All of this should be anticipated ahead of time and drawn up. Sedation, rapid sequence intubation is often the next step. CPR may be required for circulatory collapse, and a team should be ready to begin compressions immediately with roles already identified. A dose of heparin will be administered to systemically anticoagulate the patient immediately prior to cannulation to reduce the likelihood of our patient's blood clotting when it comes in contact with the artificial surface of the ECMO circuit. Surgeons will expose the neck vessels and place the ECMO cannulas. And once those are in place and the ECMO circuit is ready, the venous end of the circuit is connected to the cannula that will be draining blood from the patient, and the arterial limb of the circuit is connected to the arterial cannula that will deliver the return blood systemically. ECMO flows are initiated slowly, as Alan noted, to prevent arrhythmia secondary to electrolyte imbalance, and circuit parameters are carefully monitored as flows are increased. Typically, fast changes in carbon dioxide are avoided for neuroprotection. Now, desired flow for a patient can vary. For those who are under 20 kilos, it's typically around 100 cc's per kilo per minute, but there are certain cases such as sepsis or enchanted physiology where there may be a specific physiologic need to be flowing higher than that. For patients over 20 kilos, a cardiac index of 2.4 to 3 is typically used. At our institution, bivalrudin is used for anticoagulation, and this is started immediately after ECMO initiation. Finally, following cannula placement, uh, cannula position must be confirmed by either X-ray or ECMO, or excuse me, uh, echo. Once you have the patient on ECMO, it's critical to evaluate the efficacy of the circuit. Inability to flow well can prevent recovery and supportive end organ function, and this must be addressed as soon as possible. Surgical manipulation of the cannula, volume, and increased flows may all be necessary. End organ labs should be monitored carefully. If end organ markers are not improving, it's possible the circuit is not doing enough, and this needs to be adjusted. The bedside team caring for the patient needs to come together to have a shared mental model of what the goals of ECMO support are, how those goals will be monitored, and reasons to contact the provider team and the attending. The first hours of an ECMO run can be crucial in ensuring a successful outcome. Thank you, Dr. Ryan. This concludes episode one of our three-part series covering pediatric cardiac ECMO. In our next episode, we are going to discuss the individual components of the ECMO circuit and describe the patient and circuit management. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening to the PCICS podcast. Please don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Please also visit us on our website at PCICS.org, where you can find more information on how to become a member and enjoy updated information on educational resources, meetings, job listings, and so much more.